Christian rappers don't call it out, but they collab with them. Why they exploiting Christian fans getting cash with them? But every time we call our sin, they get mad with them. Proverbs 17, 15, I let that hit them. Future got y'all hooked on drugs. I think that's love. We are back everybody marina abramovich getting the show down in that bryson video if you haven't heard of that bryson song yet um he is currently beefing with lil nas x and kid cuddy dress wearing guys um and they're just like they responded to him surprisingly enough because they've got something like i don't know 15 million views a clip of that and they're like i don't understand um, what's his name? Kid Cudi's like, I don't understand why I'm getting called out in this. It's like Kid Cudi was a very respected rapper who then just started wearing dresses all the time for some reason in that era where it's like the Harry Styles guys. And then Lil Nas X is like, oh, people making songs, pretend rappers making songs away from their basement. Lil Nas X is not even a rapper. He's just a marketing ploy to target children. Children liked his song Old Town Road. He used a video game to rap over it as in like he showed clips from red dead revolver and then they found out kids liked him so they put him on a tour of like elementary schools like little kids talking and then his songs are all about being non-straight for the beginning of the youtube algorithm that's fun i guess and then they're just like how could anybody dislike this unauthorizedopinions.com we're live coming to you on rumble twitter uh, maybe getter, I'm not sure, YouTube. And of course, thank you to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. Everywhere you're listening to us, we love you. Check out the Patreon bonus content every week. Got a new video coming up this week. It was called, or it's going to be called something to the effect of what is asking women what is a woman at a women's conference. So that's a good video coming up. You'll get to see it in the middle of the week if you're a... Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, just got back from Texas, hung out with some, some Texans. Actually, I'm not sure if they actually are Texans, but great time. There's a video coming with that um, the following week, I believe, if we can get a mystery editor on his ass. And uh, my editor's sick, so we're going to see what happens with that. But the first video is done. You'll get it this week if you're a Patreon subscriber. Patreon.com slash UOPod. What's happening in Chicago right now is strange, to say the least. It is... I don't know what's going on here. Why can't we see it right? We're full screened, everybody. We're learning. We're interneting. Chicago has halted a $65 million migrant shelter camp because of toxic metals funny how that works out now before we read on about this my initial thoughts are twofold one um they don't actually care about the migrants it's a political ploy to get voters and to get uh and to ruin the country so they don't care what happens to them much like you know i don't know if you know this this is going to sound like a joke but in Europe, they used to put all the gypsies together. <laughs> Fact. And they found out at one point, I don't I, I don't know if it was in Romania, but an Eastern European country, I think. Um, but the rest of this is true. They found out that they were putting the gypsies in a migrant camp that was on top of a lead deposit. It was something like however many times you're you're supposed to, you're allowed a very little amount of concentration of lead exposure obviously and they were like four or five times that getting the exposure the children were insanely exposed to lead so that sort of comes across of a place you put people when you don't really like them that's point number one that's thought number one about that the second thought i had about chicago's you know migrant uh camp being on poison metals it looks like is that um you know how how does this just happen how do you just have a place, and I believe it's a park, we'll read about in a second. How do you just have a park? What's going on at this park where there's just metals um, all over the place? Chicago plans for a multi-million dollar tent camp that would have sheltered 2,000 migrants. Not cool anyways. Why are you housing 2,000 migrants in a camp? Refuse to say send them back, obviously. 
Um, but the plans are now being scrapped by the state after toxic chemicals and heavy metals were found on site. In the meantime, outside organizations, especially churches, are pitching in to help. Also wrong of them. Um, you can be a church, you can be helpful to people, but you're abating and abetting federal laws. Um, don't call me a scholar, a Catholic scholar, but I don't believe you're uh, aiding and abetting criminals just out of the goodness of your heart because you want to help them get off the streets. If I go and commit um, 75, 75 crimes across the United States and and I happen to be sleeping on the street, um, a church shouldn't, shouldn't take me in if they know that I've committed all these crimes, okay? Just because they are sleeping outside does not mean they are deserving of being given free things. Um, I'm not saying keep them on the street. I'm saying send them back to where they can't. They came from where they have homes. So three Chicago aldermen are now calling for the resignation of seven officials from Mayor Brandon's administration after the city insisted multiple times that the site was still safe to build on and the most problematic levels of contamination have been removed. $65 million tent camps in the Brighton Park neighborhood near Midway Airport. So you have contaminated lands right near your airport and you're spending $65 million on it. And my guess is that they started building it and they're just like, wait a second. <laughs> it's a little poisonous here. We can't go on. And then they're like, hey, we're spending a lot of money here. We should probably keep going. It contained the report. Mercury, arsenic, lead, cyanide, pesticides, and the now banned cancer-causing compounds known as PCBs on this 9.43 acre property. Did they just not do their due diligence here? Did they buy a poisonous property of 10 acres? And the person is just like, well, you know, uh, it looks like you guys got screwed. After the state announced it was permanently canceling plans for the site, Johnson, the mayor, said discovering toxicity, toxicity, there wasn't a surprise. City officials have pointed out that mercury had been removed and gravel had been put on top as part of remediation efforts and that would have been safe the toxicity uh, i don't think that i'm the only person who reads that and just immediately thinks of toxicity by system of, of a down that should be the new theme song for the campaign it's toxic and now we can sit down and actually talk about what we can do that is humane that is a concentration camp i i mean like this is why i mean you got something here you know, you're trying to put people on a poisonous camp, <laughs> a poisonous ground, and then you just immediately go to concentration camp. Like, get a grip. Like, ne it's never with leftism. And I hate, you know, I used to hate it a lot more to put it, you know, in terms of left and right. But you have to call a spade a spade. With leftism, it's never enough to just be like, this is bad. It has to be, you know, like the worst thing ever. So they were, they might, they would have been poisoned had they sat there, have they lived there. And that's horrible enough that the city tried to push it through. But now you have to go through a concentration camp. Do you know what a concentration camp is? Do you know what the word means? If not, shut up. Okay, guy Richard Zupukas, fake name. I'm calling it right now. The city signed the lease in late October for 91 grand a month to use as the to use the land as is. So they're stupid, meaning there were no guarantees with the compliance with health and safety regulations. NBC five investigates found the city and the state have been working toward a goal of letting people and families who have recently migrated to the united states into larger shelters by mid-december hundreds of migrants have been waiting for their spots and shelters oh no sleeping in police stations in o'hare international airport in the interim we'll get to the airport in a second here the city's plan to feed asylum seekers through the winter also recently fell through the state stepped in with an additional two million in funding on top of the $10 million it had already allocated towards food bank resources. So the city's spending $12.5 million, as it were, to house people who are federal criminals. They've entered the country illegally. They have no right to be here, and they complain about sitting and waiting. And when they don't get what they want, they go to police stations and they go to the airport. Um, how about the people struggling? How about if you don't have money for gas or food, the government gives you some money? How about if you have... You know, if you can't really get an apartment, they help you out, maybe with a with a first month's payment only towards that, not just giving you the money. Now, all of these are not good, I don't think. All these suggestions I just made, because those are basically a welfare state. But as I've said for months now, probably a couple of years now, if we've got billions to spend on Ukraine, billions to spend on Israel, 12.5 million to spend on illegal immigrants, then just give me the money 
or just don't take it from me in the first place. If you've got twelve and a half million dollars to give to people who are illegals and who have completely gamed the system and have no respect for the laws, then just you're just showing me that you have taken way too much of my money. If you have money for that, if you have fifty billion for Ukraine, you have proven that you've taken too much of the people's money and you need to either be fired or just give the money back and we'll go from there. Churches are spearheading the opening of new shelters thanks to an alliance faith-based organizations organized via the city, uh, what the city is calling the Unity Initiative. There's more than 100 in churches in the city. Blah, 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 blah. We all know it's because they don't have to pay taxes, right? And and I'm not, this isn't a campaign about churches being forced to pay taxes. This is a campaign from Andrew Says to say, this is why they're doing this. So either they knew, it's clear, uh, if you're going off this reporting, they knew the site was poisonous and they're going to go through it anyway. So they don't actually care about the people. And now they get to say, oh, we're actually going to scrap all these plans. So where does all this money that they've already spent gone? Questions number one, two through 86. And all the way at number 86 will be, well, what are the churches doing with all the money? It doesn't have to be taxed. They get to do pretty much whatever they want with it. Nobody's going to be asking. And they're going to say, oh, we're helping people. And my point here is, is that every single thing that's happening in the city of Chicago from top to bottom is rotten. You thought getting Lori Lightfoot out was a good thing. I mean, it is, but they always replace it with somebody worse. They always fail upwards. And, and I'm sure Lori Lightfoot's going to get a spot in the Space Force or something because she looks like an alien. She could probably converse with them. But this new... This new mayor, um, he's not making things any better as far as I can see. And I was in O'Hare last week, and it's a mess. You know, the airport itself is pretty nice, but, you know, the people running around Chicago are insane. It's insanely infected with liberalism. On the TVs at O'Hare, all it is is diversity programs. All that they show on the TVs in O'Hare Airport, you can go and check this out, on the loop. Every single business in the airport, they talk about how great their diversity is. Covered this on the bonus podcast, if you want to check it out. Showed the commercials. Uopod.com. This thing's making noises behind me. There we go. I incidentally turned the volume up. O'Hare Airport. Um, on loop, they're showing commercials about how each business in the airport is better because of diversity. They have a McDonald's commercial where the owners say it's great that their father is Mexican and therefore they are Mexican McDonald's owners. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. They have, you know, a, you know, the little check-in kiosks where you can skip the line. You'd be part of this club and you can skip the line or whatever and do pre-check-ins. Um, a woman who is the manager of that, she's saying how it's important that little black girls see a woman of color working at the kiosk company. Bullshit, obviously. And it goes on like that. And there's like 20 different commercials. The Shoe Shine Company. They've got so much uh, <laughs> they've got so much diversity at the Shoe Shine Company. It's ridiculous. Chicago is a mess. It needs to be restarted as a city. Um, probably by Italians, probably by some um, some other people who live in the city. I don't know. Chicago is significantly worse than Toronto at this point. You know, I was telling some the other day that imagine if you could only walk around safely in the financial district of Toronto, that's like four or five blocks, right? That's what Chicago is like. Step outside of it. You're now risking death. Joe Rogan is not risking going to Canada. He had some remarks about Justin Trudeau in Canada the other day and comparing them and contrasting to a place like Chicago and Texas, which I just came back from. You know, you really start to realize what it's like looking at Canada from the outside in, because once you leave, you're just like, oh, this is how life is. There is like right down to the little things. I was out to dinner with some friends. Um, some based individuals in Texas at a Mexican restaurant, which are terrible here. And even going to the bathroom, the taps, the faucets, it's just a normal faucet, right? Turn it on and off. You're not getting that here, or you're getting it very rarely here in Canada. They don't trust you to cons- to use the amount of water that's reasonable. They think, and they they might be right. You might they think that you might just leave it on and leave it running, and they might be right. In Toronto, it's every person for themselves. They think that they're the most important person. They want a button line ahead of you. They think that their place they're going is 
is more important than yours, even though it's like a 17 year old Indian girl who's on her, whose head is down on her phone or this uh, scrawny blue haired white kid who is, you know, he's got a lisp and he thinks he's really attractive and his clothes are too tight. That's the that's the Toronto people you're getting. And in other parts of the world, they actually trust you to live in a civilized manner. So I think Joe Rogan, you know, he's blaming Justin Trudeau correctly here. But what Joe Rogan might be missing is that Canada has a big culture problem. Communist shithole in Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cold. You get real cold water. When's the last time you've been up there? Or like, I don't go up there anymore. You refuse, right? Yeah. I just fucking... What they've done up there, what they did with the trucker rally and what, what Trudeau's doing with guns and what they're trying to clamp down on censorship on the internet, that guy can eat shit. Hmm. Like, that, that place needs 100% an overhaul of government. Like, they're, they're sliding down that dangerous road of communism that scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny because even though I'm in Canada, it seems like the political, the prevalence of political information and media is so much lesser than what goes on in the States because it's just far more interesting. But even the alternatives that I'm aware of on the political, you know, side of things that are trying to, you know, get Trudeau out and replace him, not much better from my understanding. Correct. 100% correct. First, Rogan is correct on the, you know, needs an overhaul. We do because everything that comes out from Justin Trudeau is seemingly to destroy the country. And then you've got the NDP, the far left uh, party in the country. Everything they say is Trudeau's bad. We can make it better just by taxing people more and having more government programs. And uh, they say that, but also they officially side with Trudeau in their little coalition they've got going there. So they're complete and obvious liars and run by a guy who says how bad rich people are all the time, caught with fancy handbags driving sports cars. Then you got the conservatives who are a bit better. I think life under them would be a bit better, but they're afraid of, of Twitter responses. They're afraid to say, you know, men should be in women's sports. They're afraid to say we need drastically fewer immigrants they're afraid to say all the important things that matter they're just like we'll build more houses and and we'll cut through those things and yeah that's good to get us back to like where we were five years ago or seven years ago but it's still not good enough it, it just truly isn't good enough at this point and what they the comedian's comments here i'm not sure who he is his comments here about how people pay more attention to the U.S. because it's more exciting. It's more exciting because there's more resistance. It's more exciting because there's more patriotism and belief in, you know, cohesion among society and getting things going in the right direction and making it a country for the people. We don't have that here. It's just get Trudeau out. Just get him out and we'll be fine. And we don't need to question Pierre Polyev and the conservatives at all. That's basically the feeling you get. Yet Trudeau has won three elections. So when he says restart the countries politically, yeah, you kind of have to do that, but it's impossible that you're not going to get enough people to stand up and do something about it, especially not in cities. And yes, it's hard to do that in anywhere in the U S too, but at least you have some place to go. At least you have cities in the U S you can go. Whereas in Canada, you don't <laughs> name me a city. If anyone in the chat wants to name me a city talking a hundred thousand people in Canada is a city. There's not many of them, first of all. Name me a city that isn't ass backwards politically. And I'll be impressed because I don't believe it exists. Let's see what else they were saying. What they did with the truckers, like, for example, like the way Trudeau just openly labeled them as racist and misogynist. Mm. And then when people were donating to this uh, trucker movement, when they were trying to, you know, have this protest, they... They closed down people's bank accounts yeah, who donated. I mean, that is third world country shit. Yeah. The fact that they think they can do that in Canada is insane. Have you seen the uh, the ban of news in Canada to where if you're located in Canada, you can't access news outlets now because the news outlets or the social media platforms featuring the news outlets refuse to pay Canada their own fee essentially. Uh -huh. So if I'm in Canada and I go on Instagram and try to go to a you know a news page that's outside of Canadian media, it'll literally say can't view unavailable in Canada. 
So that's not entirely true. It's not that they are not paying this fee to the Canadian government. They're supposed to pay the platforms for their content. So he's right in the sense you go on social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever in Canada, and it says this can't be viewed. I have my thoughts about this. On on the surface, yes, it's a terrible government overreach. It doesn't make any sense because these outlets wouldn't be using these social media platforms if it didn't help them, right? It's where everyone goes, so it helps them to feed people into the website. And it sucks because these platforms all have stupid rules, except for mostly Twitter. Twitter's mostly correct now, but Facebook, Instagram, all these other websites all have stupid rules. Um, On the other hand, why don't you just go to the website? This is what I don't understand. Both can be bad, right? I don't have to sit here and say, you know, the government's good in order for the the actions of some people to be to be bad. The government's decision here is whack. It is stupid. But why can't people not just go on it? Why can't you not go on Instagram? Why? Why can't you not go on Facebook? Why can't Facebook be the thing that you don't log on to when you first go? It's not that hard. You know, people used to do it up until probably... I want to say 2015, 2012, people would just, people did not go to social media for their news. You can, if you want to go to CNN.com, go ahead. If you want to go to the CBC.ca, go ahead. Go to Infowars.com, go to Newswars.com, go to MadMaxWorld.tv, go to TheBlaze.com, read me, read any given number of people, go to TimCast. Why do you have to, I get it's convenient, but for these, the people who are complaining about this for the most part are people in the political sphere and read about news online and everything. And you know that the social media companies suck. You know that Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he doesn't even want to be involved with news. If he didn't have to, didn't get in so many clicks, he wouldn't have it at all. You know that, um, (laughs) TikTok is Chinese run and propagandist, you know, all these things. Yet you continue to go on it because you can't stop for some reason. And you say, this is bogus that I can't get my news from here. Then just then just go somewhere else. I don't understand it. I will continue not to understand it. The government can suck at the same time, but nobody's stopping you from going to NBCnews.com, which we just read from Fox News, Timcast, Daily Wire, any given number of websites, just bookmark them across the top of the little browser and you can click on one, two, three, four, five every time you want to see the news. You're not getting the full story from Instagram's photos anyways. So again, the government can also suck, but you need to not even get off your ass, move your cursor or move your thumbs an extra 15 times and you'll be able to um, see what you want to see. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. That's like China. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like what they do in foreign countries that are run by dictators. Yeah, yeah, dude. The the bills, it seems like every couple of weeks there's some new gong show of a bill that everyone says is going to, you know, wipe out creators off social media or force yeah. you to make Canadian content only, which is like this super nebulous thing that you have no idea. Am I only going to be able to talk about like maple syrup and beavers and shit? <laughs> or like, what's it going to be? <laughs> Uh, you don't know, so that's uh, a concern as somebody on YouTube, especially. So yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I've heard concerning things that my podcast at one point in time might not even be available in Canada because of this. Yeah, like that, that's a concern that this could be used in that manner to stop people from accessing podcast, especially if I'm openly critical of that shithole. Okay, so very wrong here. I don't know who this guy is again. No shade, but he's very wrong here. And this is probably what happens when you get your information from an Instagram page like Canada Proud or something who I called out for blatantly lying about this subject, about the about the podcasters list. Okay, there's no this guy doesn't even know what Canadian content means, which means he's never been involved in Canadian media, which is fine. But don't just go and say, does it have to be about maple syrup? No, Canadian content from a publisher's point of view means you have to produce 35% of your content that you put out there like a radio station or a TV station. 35% of what you put on the airwaves has to be Canadian content. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean it has to be about maple syrup? Oh my God. 
up in the igloos. They're talking about the maple syrup. No, it does not mean that. What it means is there's a few criteria, and I could bring this up. Maybe I should. There's a few criteria that it has to meet in order for it to be Canadian content. It has to be like two out of four things, I believe. Or maybe it's like three out of five. Produced in Canada, written in Canada, performed in Canada, and, you know, the distributors in Canada. That's what Canadian content means. It doesn't mean it has to be about Canada. So when we, t- when he talks about, um, hold on, I'm just trying to find what Canadian content is here. I know there's going to be a good, uh, an actual explanation. Let's try cancon.org. So when he comes out on Joe Rogan, he says, you know, every, every single week, there is a new piece of legislation coming out that says something like there's actually not. You know, and and I don't like Trudeau at all. I don't like any of them. I don't like any of them. But you can't just sit up here and lie because you want clicks, Canada Proud and other people. Um, you just put out this Instagram picture and it's like, oh, you're gonna have to, you're gonna be on a podcast list. It's just it's just not true. So um there isn't a thing coming out every week like this. CanCon is apparently just a Canadian convention. Canadian content, content that meets the needs and interests of Canada. So what makes it Canadian? Let's try that one. This is from CRTC itself. Um, So it's a point system now. Which is insane. It wasn't when I was coming up, but... um, you, I guess it's a point system now. When I was a young whippersnapper in media, it was like you have to do three out of these five things for it to be Canadian content. But the CRTC certifies, which is Canada's FCC, a Canadian television program or series that meets the following criteria. Producer must be Canadians responsible for monitoring making decisions pertaining to the program. Production earns a minimum of six out of ten points based on the key creative functions that are performed by Canadians. At least one of either the director or screenwriter positions and at least one of the two head lead performers must be Canadian. A minimum of 75% of program expensive and post-production expenses are paid for services by Canadians or Canadian companies. So, again, this has nothing to do with the actual content that you're producing. It's the people who are producing the content. You, you see what I'm saying? So it looks like you need six out of ten points, it says. and uh, you, you have a Canadian director. You get two points. Canadian screenwriter, you get two points. First and lead, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what I was involved in was was music. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit confused in this. So what it used to be, like I said, performed in Canada, written in Canada, produced in Canada, and the artist being Canadian. I think it was two out of those four. So when I worked at a radio station, it would actually turn out like... Um, you get a live performance of Led Zeppelin in Toronto and you, you, you can play that on your radio station and that's technically Canadian content because it was performed and recorded in Canada. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why they don't have a reason why that makes sense is because it's a live performance. So if you just had a live performance on its own, then it's not, you know, recorded in Canada. You're not recording anything, but since this was a recording of a live performance after the fact, it actually meets the, the uh, qualifications there so that's why it gets very confusing that's why canada the government can suck but also the media companies can suck so like you get these and it's usually smaller outlets that want to make a bigger name for themselves and will sacrifice integrity for click but they're out there on the right wing for sure and canada proud is one of them and and i'm not saying anything that i can't prove they they probably have still the post up there but they made a post it was untrue about this sort of stuff and they don't care because it, it the way they posted it, they literally could not have read the actual rules that happened. So that's where that's coming from. Shout out Joe Rogan. Shout out um, other guy, even though he was wrong. I have no shade against him. I want to mention that SNL still isn't funny. And we were talking about American politics here. And this is a skit from SNL about, you know, anti how could I say this? I don't know if it'll get flagged anything. Anti-Semitism in colleges. So it's supposed to be a sketch about, you know, a panel of 
you know, later is Taylor Swift now dating Marky, Marco Rubio. It's supposed to be a panel of university heads. And I was only able to get through a minute of this, but this is how unfunny SNL still is. If you were wondering. Marco Rubio. But first, testimony from three university presidents on the subject of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Please, thank you. We're joined today by the heads of three of our most esteemed universities, the president of MIT, Sally Kornblut. I've never been more afraid to be anywhere. The president of UPenn, Elizabeth McGill. Can I just resign now? Not yet. And the president of Harvard, Dr. Claudine Gay. Thank you. Dr. Gay, would you like to do a quick joke about your name to get it out of the way? I would. Dr. Gay sounds like a Molly dealer on Fire Island. Thank you. Now, I'll turn it over to mega superstar Elise Stefanik from New York, who's been pacing the hallways listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem. Miss Stefanik. Thank you, chairwoman. Now, I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. So you, you see what I'm saying with that, right? So right off the bat, we're minute 10 in. It's terrible. Nothing's been funny yet. Not even close. Um, Elise Stefanik, yeah, people like her, but they say mega superstar. When you think of mega superstar, you think maybe Matt Gaetz, Lauren Boebert, MTG, people like this. The, it's so weird sometimes when you tune into like CNN or you turn into MSNBC or in this case, NBC, which is who runs uh, SNL and they just have arbitrarily picked and built up a narrative of, of some random person and, and being like, Oh my God, can you believe this woman? This has actually happened to me with like family members where you go over there for a holiday. Cause uh, my mother's pretty convinced with the, with the liberal machine, right? Um, white supremacy and all that. And it's just like, Oh, so-and-so so ridiculous. I had a, uh, you know, like a younger cousin at a Christmas get together as well. Just be like, so and so, so ridiculous. I don't even remember who they said. And it's just like, that's a weird person to focus on. And and that's what SNL does here. And that's what CNN constantly does. They find somebody that they think is an easy target and they build them up to be more important. Like George Santos, like as if anybody cares about George Santos and they just hammer it and hammer it. And, and so that they can take a victory because they don't get victories very often and they don't get ideological victories ever. So when they can find a person that they can properly bully and then the audience responds to it, that's what they're going to do. At least a fan. I mean, if you know me, I, I write about news every single day. I read the news all day, every day and do two podcasts a week about the news. Lisa Stefanik pretty much never comes up. Not on not on a Bongino report, not on Fox News, not on Timcast, not on The Federalist. Uh, you can go up and down these places. Like, of course, she's going to come up. But in terms of, you know, who they pick and choose, it's very strange who they just are like, all right, this is the person that we're picking on, and they're calling a mega superstar. I've never heard of Alista Fonic referred to as a mega superstar. Um, I don't not I, I checked on t her Twitter. Not many of my friends follow her. Some of the bigger accounts follow her. It's very strange. I'm sorry, what? Yes, Arna is calling for the genocide of Jews against the code of conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. <laughs> the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up, do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? Am I winning this hearing? <laughs> Somebody pinch me. <laughs> Miss Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, thank God. The chair, the chair recognizes. This is like drama class in high school. I took drama class in grade nine and stopped because I didn't want to do Shakespeare stuff. But the t did you see the timing there? It was like, pause. 
oh, thank God. There was no laughs through. There was like four attempted jokes in that piece right there where she says, oh, am I actually winning? Oh, uh, uh, can you say genocide is bad? It's like the writer behind the screen is like trying to write a joke. And they're just like, all right, um, Lisa Fanick, uh, the president of these universities. And it's like, yeah, but there's no political activism in this joke. You got to you got to edit in around that. The you know, the fact that they want them to condemn anti-Semitism, but they won't accept an answer. About the other things they're condemning, but at the same time, we can't be anti-Semitic. So we have to say, how come nobody at the university can condemn this? And it's like they're having this political battle within themselves while writing a comedy sketch. And it's like, why are you even? Why are you even doing a sketch about this at all if this is what you're going to do? Because we're two two minutes in here and there hasn't been a single laugh and I'm not like forcing myself not to. The audience who's left wing in New York City hasn't laughed either. Let's see how much further we can go. Let's let's keep the momentum. Let's keep the ball rolling here. Gentleman from Michigan. Thank you. I yield my time back to Miss Stefanik. <laughs> today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, in private dinners with my donors, and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump. <laughs> so, Dr. Gay, simple question. Is it acceptable for students to use anti-Semitic language? On this subject, I'd like to speak not from the heart, but from the thesaurus. <laughs> that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And could you rephrase that in an even more academic way? Sure. That variety of odious oration is vis-a-vis -vis me repugnant. Now, what measures are you taking to protect Jewish students at Harvard? We're taking precautions to protect all students. Jewish students, Muslim students. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, just the first one. <laughs> this is personal for me. While I am not Jewish, I'm Roman Catholic, some of my closest friends are also Roman Catholic. <laughs> so, you pen lady, would you say that you are anti, 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 anti-Semitic? I'm sorry, can you tell me how many antis that was? <laughs> I will not. You're asking us questions that seem very... Is this just comedy written by women? Is that what SNL is now? Is this like, they know they can't go with vagina jokes, so this is what they're going with? It's like, th we're going to be so clever, and the universities are bigoted, but and, and they're stupid in the way they can't answer these questions, but also we have to show that at least Stefanik is stupid too, and she can't answer these questions. It's like... In comedy, you're supposed to make fun of both sides, but it's like they're forcing themselves to make fun of both sides. You see what I'm saying? It's like n the person writing this, their beliefs are clear in that they side with the university and they're and they're trying to do um, they're trying to do uh, their due diligence on making it clear that they don't want to appear anti-Semitic. But at the same time, Elise Stefanik is bad, so we have to make her appear a bit worse. So while we we know that we can't be caught, you know, agreeing with what they're saying here, we have to make it sure that the MAGA person like Trump, my work husband, Trump, Trump's mentioned her like twice. <laughs> it's just like he's not mentioning her like every time he speaks and and they're just making this out to be the biggest thing ever. Like, nobody's watching these hearings. This is a thing that the media cares about more than anything, the battle of who's anti-Semitic and who's pro-Palestine. This is the meat. Like, obviously, the left wing has this weird thing where they support Palestine no matter what. And it's but they have this internal battle where they have Israel supporters and Palestine supporters. But it's supposed to be this, like, grassroots political thing where Palestine, you know, that's the obvious thing. The grassroots left wing thing is Palestine must be free. You know, whereas like the grassroots on the right wing doesn't care either way. Like they don't care about this subject. So it, it's very corporate media pushed and uh, neocon pushed. And it's all about sending money to places that aren't America. But the crippling thing about Saturday Night Live is, is they want to push their agenda so badly. But on a subject like this, they they can't help 
that they know that they can't push it too far on this one. Just like, um, and, and I was, I, I would say that there probably isn't any other thing that they can do that for. They can only say that about this subject. I think there probably isn't any other subject where Saturday Night Live cannot push their agenda full bore on. So they're trying to push it slightly here while trying to get you to focus on the MAGA thing. Let's give it one more round here and see if it can get any worse or any funnier. Very unfair. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the chair recognizes Mr. Takano from California. Thank you, chairwoman. So to clear things up, uh, what does violate the code of conduct at your schools? And what about if someone on campus yelled, I poisoned the water supply? If they poisoned it with diversity, that could be wonderful. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Diverse water, it sounds delicious. That's okay, not, again, and what not. if they yelled, I've got a knife? Well, uh, maybe they have a lisp, and they're saying, I have a knife bouquet of flowers for you. As long as the flowers are diverse, I accept. <laughs> okay, and what if they yelled, fire in a crowded theater? I'd be excited the theater was crowded because I support the arts. Oh my God. Can you take a moral stance on anything? Can anyone here say yes to a single question? Uh, yes, hello. <laughs> I am the president of the University of Phoenix Online. <laughs> and okay. Is this not ironic that Keenan Thompson comes on and, and all of a sudden it's funny? I mean, they had the one kind of funny joke there, but um, immediately it's way better. Keenan Thompson's just delivery. I'm willing to say yes to anything. <laughs> see? See? Finally! A real president of a real university. Mm. That's actually our school motto. <laughs> U of P, we are a real university. <laughs> Will you promise to eliminate all anti-Semitism from your campus? Well, my campus is the internet, so <laughs> anti-Semitism is kind of our most popular major, <laughs> and our mascot is porn. Okay, then will you offer a course explaining why anti-Semitism is wrong? Lady, we'll offer a course on anything. <laughs> mandatory courses we have are how to log into the University of Phoenix online and how to set up auto pay. Thank you. Somehow that was the only straight answer I got all day. Well, please don't say the answer was straight. You don't know what the answer's sexual orientation is. Thank you. That's all the time we have. I mean, it got better there at the end. I'm not going to lie. Once you start uh, hitting these universities for being losers and that's pretty funny but i mean keenan thompson comes on and it's immediately 20 times better <laughs> and how funny is that <laughs> like the only man <laughs> i don't feel bad for laughing about it keenan thompson's actually a funny guy shout out mighty ducks we've got a new video coming in the middle of this week it's at patreon.com slash uopod the patreon is growing we'll go ahead and x out that pop-up for you but if you want to help us become joe rogan $7 a month, $15 a month if you want to help us become the Raptors super fan. Who is he? A guy that can somehow afford courtside tickets to the Raptors since they became a team in 1995. Or if you want to be an unauthorized person and suggest videos, suggest types of videos for us to make, a commentary, we'll do that. There's one on the channel right now about Richie the Barber, our good old friend Richie. So, again, patreon.com slash uopod. You'll be able to see these hidden podcasts, boned podcasts. We do have guests. We're going to have a new guest. Um, well, not a new guest, but another guest next week. Patreon.com slash uopod is where you're going to find that. Um, hit us up there. It's growing. I don't know if you can see the amount of people on here. I'm actually trying to show it to you guys, but I can't see it. But... Pod, bonus podcast every weekend i wanted to show you guys this new video or sorry this new movie it's by disney you won't know that it's by disney right away because it's through um what's searchlight pictures you may have heard of this movie coming out but it is owned by disney if you're unaware it's called poor things 
and it's a feminist movie. And you might not think that right when uh, right off the top of the right off the top of the dome, I would call it. Just uh, going to reshare the the video here on Twitter in case anybody's wondering what I'm doing here. Um, Emma Stone, um, Willem Dafoe, who I love, Willem Dafoe. You got to talk like this if you're Willem Dafoe. Poor things. And, of course, Mark Ruffalo is a flaming liberal. So, and, like, not just a liberal, an insane progressive. So you got to factor that in. But this movie is ass backwards, okay? And it's by Searchlight Pictures, which is owned by Disney. So if you thought, oh, it's, like, I was just like, who who distributed this movie? And it turned out to be Disney. I didn't know that going into this. I just thought, like, this is an insane movie. So what it is, it's based off of a book from the early 90s. And it's about a female Frankenstein. It's really creepy. So they derive from the original Frankenstein. They're not shy about that at all. Willem Dafoe is a mad scientist. He creates Emma Stone with another man. Get brings this corpse back to life. This woman that was pregnant with a child and uses the 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 fetuses they call it because they don't want to call it a baby. They use the baby's brain inside her head so she's got the brain of an infant and so she starts to grow up of course and they can't control any mo they can't control this girl no mo they ain't ever gonna control this girl no mo so you know they're saying this it's great uh this is the perfect woman we can control her thoughts we can we can show her how to be the perfect woman in this time which means doing whatever we say and uh oh, she's starting to get a mind of her own. She's starting to figure things out. We aren't the controlling, uh, oppressive men we thought we could be. Ain't nobody gonna tell Emma Stone what to do. And that's what the movie is. And I'm af- I'm afraid to tell you that's what the movie is. And it's creepy because what does she start to do when she starts to get a mind of her own? She quote starts whoring. Okay, that's what the movie says. They depict it as whoring. And then in the Wikipedia page, if I can. I can find that. Um, it's it's really, yeah, the Wikipedia page here. The way they describe what she did. Um, yeah, okay, I'll show you guys this now. So on the Wikipedia page for the book that they based off of, it says. She elopes with the guy and embarks on a hedonistic odyssey around Europe, North Africa, and Central Asia. So what does she do after she gets like her own uh, sense of self-worth? She starts whoring about the country, right? Or (laughs) the continent, the world even. So listen to one of the, some of these um, reviews. So you guys know, it's not just like me saying like this movie is ridiculous and supposed to be, you know, Hollywood Reporter described it as a fiercely spirited, independent woman. That's what they called her character, and they're all praising it for her for it. The Rolling Stone praised the movie for the character spreading her wings on her own sexed-up pro-science terms, which is insane. Um, and then so they talk about all these sex scenes, and then there's a clip from the movie where she's talking to this guy. And so the guy in this clip, to set it up for you, was hired by Mark Ruffalo's character and Willem Dafoe, I believe, to keep tabs on her, to watch her growth, to see how she, de- how her brain develops. And it's just, you might as well just title this clip Guy Cucks to Character. I became much weepy and sweary when he discovered my whoring. I find myself nearly jealous of the men's time with you rather than any moral aspersion against you. It is your body, Bella Baxter, yours to give freely. I generally charge 30 francs. Well, that seems low. <laughs> that seems low. <laughs> so that is the movie in a nutshell. You can you can excuse it away that they're, you know, um, trying to be funny there at the end with like, I charge 30 francs, you know, but that's not like that's not the movie that's the movie isn't you know this guy simping for her and she thinks it's ridiculous and that's the funny part of it that like he's saying oh you can do whatever you want even being you know be you're being a skank what the movie is is how great it is that she's you know freed herself from the confines of being a man or from the confines of being controlled by men and now she's free to do whatever she wants and that's a wonderful thing and that's how it is in the book too 
But Emma Stone says this herself. She says she wanted to be in this movie because of how freeing it is. Watch this clip. Do you want to see what the world is really like? Yes. My name is Emma Stone. I'm playing Bella Baxter in the film Four Things. This is Bella. She's an experiment. She's understanding what it is to be a member of society. Good evening. The more autonomous she becomes, the more challenged these men seem to be by it. It's a very, very funny film. Why do people not just do this all the time? We must experience everything, Bella. This makes us whole. Bella! I wanted to play Bella because it felt like acceptance of what it is to be a woman, to be free, to be scared and brave. So there you have it. Her own words. It's not just supposed to be clever. It's not just supposed to be, you know, this piece of art. It's supposed to be, this is what's freeing as a woman. This is the true beauty. This is like, you might as well just be flailing your arms around while you do this, right? Well, while well, you try to say this seriously, this is the beauty of what being a woman is then escaping the confines of masculinity. And the more they try to control her, the more they realize they can't. And what does what does it mean, Emma Stone, to be a woman? What what's this movie you've chosen? Have, did this woman become a scientist? Did she become uh, the world's greatest mathematician? Did she invent the car? Did she invent a new engine? No. Her way of defying, being defiant and free and spectacular and magic was whoring about in the eastern seaboard of Africa and East Asia. It's like, this is what you want to put forward, Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo, you losers. This is what you want to be known for. Is like, I'm in this progressive movie and, and uh, these men try to control her. They make her a female Frankenstein. They give her an infant's brain, which is totally not creepy that we want to have sex with a girl with a child's brain. But this, and then she breaks the, the range and the glass ceiling, she becomes free. Oh, what does she do when she becomes free? Well, she sleeps around. Okay, dude. Like, this is what you want. Like, this is, these are the people writing these things. And, and I battle with friends about this. I battle with people about these sorts of things. You know, you've got the um, Last of Us show, you know, with the lesbian couple and the trans. And you've got um, uh, the new Fallout show, which is a woman in the lead. And you've got the Baldur's Gate game, which I talked about on the weekend on the bonus podcast, where somebody got banned for taking a lesbian storyline out of a medieval game. And they're just like, well... This is just how it is. This is just how the story is. These people are putting these stories in here, not because it's a random idea. It's because they want to influence you. They are purposely doing propagandist things to influence you. It's like if I made a movie and then I was just like, all right, the person in the movie is the president is going to have orange hair and he's going to be right about everything. We're never going to say the name Trump, but he's going to have orange hair. He's going to be right about everything. Every decision he makes, he's going to talk like this. He's going to say that they did it and they'll have no idea, but it's not Trump. And it's, and then if you have a problem with it, I'll just be like, man, that's just the story. Okay. That's just the story I happen to come up with. It's never the case. No guy, no regular guy or girl just writes a story about lesbians. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just not your instinct. Okay. Maybe if you've written 700 other things, but for things like the last of us or um, fallout, which are interpretations of video games. No guy who's just like, oh my God, I can't wait to write the Fallout show. It's going to be amazing. Let's put a girl in the lead. Or The Last of Us is an amazing game. I'm going to write this new awesome zombie game. Oh, there's a trans person in it. It's, just a, it's not how a man's mind works. It's not how a regular person's mind works. It's purposefully injected in there. And when people say, well, why can't you just ignore it? It's like you can just ignore it, but that doesn't mean it's not retarded. Okay. It doesn't mean like you didn't purposely do this to influence people. And you can't say like, like the reason they kicked this guy off of these Baldur's Gates uh, mods 
the the website that hosts the mods, they literally gave the reasons because he was against diversity and anybody taking diversity out of the games will be banned. That's literally the reason. So they can say that the reason why you're not allowed to participate in a game is because you're anti-diversity, but you're not allowed to point out that they're purposely pushing this stuff. So if you believe that whenever somebody comes up and they're just like, oh, it's just what does it matter, bro? That's just the story. There's just a bionic blue haired lesbian kissing a reptilian person. That's just the story. If you, if you say that you're a moron, you're not, you're not thinking about these things. Maybe you don't care. That's fine. But if you're not going to think about these things, then don't participate in the conversation about it. I'm not going around, you know, giving complex dissertations on ping pong, which I could because I'm, I'm not in it. So don't just come up here and be like, well, it's just the story, bro. Emma, because this is what they say. Emma Stone says this is the this is the movie where it's amazing. It's about a woman and it's a woman breaking the shackles. And what's and what's the lesson here? You don't have to listen to a man just be a skank. And it's amazing. That's the lesson here. That's their words, not mine. And whether she's full of shit or not, she comes up and she says this. Whether she believes it or not, she comes out and says this because that's the right thing to say best case scenario right so i'm sorry that they suck make better movies i've watched two i watched two great movies last night and one of them was very political one was about a girl um getting trapped at a gas station she's a bleeding heart liberal and a sniper pins her down and he talks about you know fake news and all this stuff and they portray him as a mega person i won't tell you what about the ending but they make it even there was a purposely political movie where they even the playing field okay Another movie is about um, people working, black people working in a bank in Chicago in the 80s, and they try to pull off a heist. And on one hand, they're saying, oh, look how held down I am by the man. But on the other hand, they're saying, you know, um, let's rob people. And one guy and one of the characters, a black kid, is saying, well, no, I'm about to get a promotion. Why would I do this? And they're just like, well, you could just steal anyways. So they're, they're playing both sides. And my point is you can do something political. You can say, you can have a character who's like, I'm breaking free. And the best thing about it is being a skank, but you actually have to, you know, give this lesson in there where something's not true or here's the other side of it, or you might regret it, something like that, but that's not what they're doing. They're saying, this is awesome. Whoring about what's the, what's the word they use again? Um, elope. On a hedonistic odyssey around Europe, North Africa, and Central Asia. Go on a slutty gallivant of the eastern seaboard. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Okay. Okay. That's what they're doing. Okay. No keens. Listen, okay. And the book was like that. The, the author was really weird. He was a Scottish nationalist and separatist. He called English both the English both settlers and colonists. And he was a little bit liberal in the fact that he was like... Anybody from any country who's a settler is okay, but the English colonists are bad. But the funny thing is there's a, um, there's a review from 1992 and even in 1992, they called it like extremely feminist. They said in this review, um, that the character Emma Stone's character becomes a famous campaigner for health education and women's rights, but is defeated by public mockery and the interference orchestrated by profiteering English newspapers. So even in 1992, the story was so feminist that they were like, well, she became a champion of women's rights and health education. But if it wasn't for those damn men, that damn media, she would have been amazing. And, um, the author of the review even called her a feminist doctor with a burning commitment to social justice who is unfairly silenced. So that's where we are. That's where we are on movies. Wild, isn't it? Last story I'm going to go to here is um, some sports stuff and it's fun. So even if you're not a big sports person, you might know who Kevin Garnett is. He was in uncut gems with Adam Sandler. You might know who Paul Pierce is. He was a big star in the late nineties and early two thousands on the Celtics won a championship with Garnett and, and um, LeBron James sucks. He's not a sucky basketball player. He just sucks as a person and he's, he's 38 now. So he's older in the league, but he's still pretty good. And this is these, uh, this is Kevin Garnett and uh, Paul Pierce having a very entertaining argument over LeBron James. <laughs> and it's just funny. Like these guys are millionaires. They're both NBA legends and champions. And it's pretty kind. I think it's pretty clear here that Kevin Garnett has a bit of a bias for LeBron. For LeBron, but he says he doesn't. So, still elite. Is he top five in the league still, LeBron? Hell That's yeah. That's what's making it Hell impressive. Yeah. That's exactly what's yeah. making it impressive. What? 
Brown ain't top five in the league. Name four other players better than Brown right now that you picking. Luka Dockage, the Joker, no. MB. No, I'm not picking none of these niggas over Giannis <laughs> and Tatum. Man, Shut up. Tatum, I love that. I saw motherfuckers. Please stop with this nonsense. Oh, you man, stop, B, nigga. that was impressive. Man, get your ass out of here. I saw, jo- right I saw Joel that Embiid have 15 points in the final game. That was right get away. your garbage ass out of here. Man, what the fuck I, is you talking I, about, bro? That one you, bro. Right what the fuck is you game. talking about, nigga? Man, you act like right you don't need no basketball, nigga. You don't right need no basketball, game. nigga. <laughs> Luca, hey, I ain't right never been to no motherfucking final. Luca, dog, I'm starting to talk about on Luca, bro. Cupcake. You talking that goofy shit? You talking Bron, nigga? 66,000 minutes, nigga. Respect, Lord. Nigga, 38 doing it. Fuck is you talking about? Those guys aren't greater than Bron. Niggas, cupcakes when they come to Bron. I'm talking about. Cup I'm saying cake. top five today. I'm st- nigga, I'm talking about today. We're not talking about body of work. What the fuck man. is you talking about then? <laughs> Cupcake? <laughs> he's, he's very defensive of LeBron here. I'm looking at the stats right now. LeBron is 15th in points per game. He named Joel Embiid and Doncic are one and two. Um, he do- he ends up naming Ale- Gilgis Alexander, who's number sixth. And Nikola Jokic, who's amazing, is number eight in points. And also, like, tons of assists, tons of rebounds. So, for him to say LeBron is still, like top five in the league i just think isn't true the lakers aren't like it, it's over for lebron in terms of like being the most dominant player he's still getting lots of points he's still performing way over somebody of his age but you know um when guys in the league are leading their teams at you know 28 29 30 31 points per game lebron's leading his team at 25 you know generally you're not in top five. You're not an MVP contention with 25 points per game. Um, but I don't think LeBron is top five still at all. I mean, I can just look down the list here. Steph Curry, I would, I would put him on my team over LeBron because he can put up consistently more points than LeBron. Um, Jokic, I don't Jokic, Durant and Doncic. I don't think that's an argument. I think they put up, they put up more points than LeBron. They'll put up more assists. They'll, they'll, they might not get as many rebounds, but overall they're doing so much more. And B is scoring so many points. It's insane. Um, I said Jokic Tatum. I Tatum is the only one they mentioned that I probably wouldn't, but, um, I'm not going to pretend like LeBron is the most amazing. And it makes me think that, um, Kevin Durant just, you know, he just wants to believe, which is fine. We're talking sports. LeBron's one of the worst he, in terms of his presence, in terms of superstar athletes, he's probably the worst human being there is. He re- pretends to read books that he hasn't read. He off sometimes they're upside down. Um, he has some of the worst political opinions. He's consistently wrong on them. Voting rights in, in uh, Georgia, for example probably lied about the spray paint on his garage that nobody saw says people aren't as educated as him while he couldn't properly form the sentence while he was saying that so lebron's one of the worst human beings there is in terms of a superstar athlete who's political but i'm not going to say he sucks but is he the top five i don't think so let's see the rest of it it is pretty funny fuck you talking about (laughs) b had 15 points in a in a, in a game seven. Want to hear that shit? Get the number. fuck out of here. Braun, nigga. <laughs> ain't putting none of them niggas in front of Braun. He might be drunk. Jordan? Yeah. We're going to say no. he So bad. is he drunk? Like, if he's just going to bring up Michael Jordan. Like, that doesn't make any sense if he's saying five right now. He might just be drunk. Yeah. You, you know ain't no fan. Like, ain't no Braun fan. Ain't no Braun fan. It's Lord first, nigga. Lord first. Secondly. Nah, I'm calling it a spade a spade. This is straight spade. Ah, <laughs> spade. What the fuck is you talking about? He's a spade. We ain't never seen no nigga have 39,000. Hey, get this man a LeBron jersey real quick so he can put nah, it on. Lord, nah, not at all. Y'all know what I am. Is he I eating you wings? I'm here in Hollywood. He's the- eating wings. Paul Fierce is just eating wings in the front here. If these guys don't have a show, this is Showtime basketball. Okay, this is good. If this is a show, then it's good. Because, you know... There needs to be another NBA show inside NBA on TNT, you know, Shaq and Chuck. That's the best show in sports. But if you get two old players yelling at each other like this on another channel, look out. Hollywood. Hollywood. Make sure y'all in LA, y'all pick up that new Hollywood. And now he's just promoting a weed company. Jesus hands. Right. What you talking about, Lord? We ain't here. Right. Let's get back to this. Luka Doncic. No way. Giannis. I don't know if I'm taking in beta of a Keep going. I'm taking Shea Gill just over Brown right now. No way, that's crazy. That's wild, bro. 
don't know, man. He got them boys number two in the yeah, West right yeah, now. Yeah. He got Can we just point out that we're not taking a British guy's opinion seriously? I don't care. Soccer, yes. Basketball, football. If your country sucks at a sport, then I can't take, like, absolutely sucks at a sport, then I can't take you seriously. Like, what sport are they? They can't even win in soccer, by the way. Some of their teams win Champions League, but actual English teams, no. They're not winning anything. So get out of here with that. And I, and I could say that Canadians do pretty good at basketball. Canadians do good at baseball as a team. Uh, hockey, obviously. Football doesn't count. Okay, maybe we're breaking it on football here. Forgive me, Lord, for football. Um, the CFL is garbage. <laughs> Patreon.com slash UOPod. UOPod.com, of course. Please sign up. We have the bonus podcast every week. UOPod.com. Um, again, we've got new content coming this week. Uh, the video will be uploaded for you guys to view on Patreon. And I promise you there is a new, another guest coming for this weekend's bonus podcast. And then, um, stuff from Texas, you're only going to see on Patreon. It's never going to be released anywhere because I can't release it anywhere else. I can only release it beyond a paywall because you know, it involves stuff that you just can't put on there. So it has to be on Patreon. So you're going to get that um, in the next two weeks, and you're going to love that one. You're going to love the people in that one. If you're a fan of this show, it's somebody who's been on the show before. Um, I'll give you a clue. The person's even in the outro video. So patreon.com slash uopod. Let's say hello to the chat. Um, vegan love, who I recognize as a person who's always shit talking, but comments a lot. So thank you for your comments. Uh, Levi says trump 2028 and everything else and he doesn't like lebron people saying he's not top five don't like him just want to take him down um no i don't like lebron but i think he's good there's hockey players i do not like Connor mcdavid is he the best player in the league right now yes Connor mcdavid said oh everybody on my team supports lgbt and trans rats of course we do that wouldn't fly around here people not wearing a Pride stuff wouldn't fly around here. Loser does um, gender baby gender reveals on Instagram. Loser, best player in the league, and you're wasting your time with this crap. Loser, best player in the league. Sorry, not sorry. My computer says it can't download updates. I don't know why. I don't want updates. But we're gonna we're gonna stop it there. Thanks everybody for watching on YouTube, Twitter, Rumble. We love you. Where are you at, Rumble? I'm looking at you guys right now. Lots of people watching on Rumble. The number keeps going up. I'm going to click, keep watching the number on Rumble rise up until it stops. Love you guys on Rumble. Thank you so much for watching on there because I can't see how many people are watching on Rumble when I'm on the uh, on the podcast thing here. But lots of people watching on Rumble. Rumble, we love you. Twitter X, we love you. We love you long time as long as you guys continue to do the right thing. YouTube, we don't love you, but we love the people watching on YouTube. Patreon.com/slash/uopod. You're, you can request things. Um, we just had a video drop that was viewer requested. So please support us. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy going out in the street, just going out in the streets, just doing videos, just editing it all myself, editing the podcast. That's how it is. That's the best Trump impression you're getting right now. Having trouble finding the graphics. There it is. Peace out. You guys see you on the Patreon, on the bonus podcast guest this weekend. Again, um, new video dropping on Patreon midweek, so keep it locked. Patreon.com slash UOPod. Um, goodbye. Turn it up, Jordan.